I hear you've been looking for this. The obelisk. In its native language, it's called uh, the Diviner. One of many little details I know about this thing. Can you tell me how to use it? Better yet, I'll teach you how to survive it. Now, why would you do that? We share a common enemy. A guy named Phil Coulson. I thought maybe together you and I could kill him. Along with, you know, everyone else. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat! Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 142, the comic book show that's been hiding inside S.H.I.E.L.D. since the 1940s. I'm Agent Richard Gray. I'm Agent David McVeigh. Hail Hydra. In this issue, <laughs> in this issue, Archie exposes himself to criticism. Archie and Veronica blush. Also, a really long first look trailers get dropped for Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow and Lucifer. We talk about them in a section appropriately called Talking Point. Then it's Saga and some other stuff we've been reading in what we've been reading. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. This is Behind the Panels. We should, we should probably address the elephant in the room immediately, which is, uh, once again, for reasons beyond uh, his control and ours... Dave's not here! Uh, but, uh, unfortunately, yeah, Dave uh, was caught up this afternoon and yeah. he couldn't make it here in time. We were running pretty late as it was, so... We should uh, stress that this is a nighttime record, so... Yeah, and, um, and, uh, and Dave's also not quite up to date with S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, so it would have been a little unfair for him to sort of come in and get, have the end spoiled for well, him he's as been, well. He's been stuck in Star Trek land, so... Absolutely. I've got, I've got, I'm sitting here looking at a, at a pop final uh, data and... That's a, and that's a giveaway on... on the Geek Actually. Oh, Geek Actually, oh, that's yeah. right, yeah. So uh, we've actually, the, we've had a winner for the uh, the Klingon there. Oh, wonderful. So that's going out, that's going out this week, and uh, the uh, data is this week's, uh, this week's prize. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, we have uh, for the following show, we actually have a... Ah, uh, uh, see, you've got a Picard. A Picard over there yeah. as well. So we got Pop Vitals. These are all courtesy of uh, Good Games. Eric Lancher. Eric so. Lancher. <laughs> Just to bring it back to comic books. <laughs> There's been Star Trek comics. There has been Star Trek comics. In many, fact, many Star Trek comics. I am very much looking forward to it. I'm not sure when it's coming out. Sometime this year, which is the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover. Oh, really? And I have just scheduled in. I haven't told you about this, but after, because we're, we're working our way up to our 150th episode, mm. and I thought after that, let's have a little bit of fun. So somewhere on the schedule, I've stuck in the Star Trek and the Star Trek Next Generation crossovers with X-Men. Oh, okay, cool. And there's also recently, it's just finished, I think. In fact, there was the uh, Star Trek crossover, Star Trek and the Planet of the Apes, remember? Maybe we should actually just do an episode called Star Trek Crossovers. We could. There's been a lot of... There's also Star Trek uh, and the Legion of Superheroes. We we could read a bunch of them and just compare notes. Yeah, it's yeah. actually really interesting. But I mean, I think I thought if you stick to the Star Trek, we should, we should point out that these are all IDW slash DC titles. Of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> 
That's brilliant. I uh, there's so many that you'd want to cross. I want you know Star Trek and Guardians into the Galaxy to cross over. Although does IDW IDW have a deal with a Marvel? deal with Marvel? They, they should get one. Yeah, they should right right now. now. You, yeah. Look, they're the licensed kings. License <laughs> it. Come on. Now speaking of licensed kings, Marvel in the nineties. Uh, licensed absolutely everything they out. Were selling, they were selling. It was a fire sale. Dude. Was, it was everything <laughs> must go. So much so that uh, we currently have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on television right now, but they're not the first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to appear on television. Mm. I can't hear you, Colonel Fury. What? No witty posts. No clever comebacks. I said revenge is mine. Don't you have anything to say? <gasps> I always heard living well's the best revenge. But I just killed you. No, you just killed my life model decoy. Useful little toy, isn't it? <laughs> no, he sounded like a cross between the Tick and Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> Adam West, with, with, a, with a little bit of John Wayne thrown in for a good measure. Oh yeah, man, just, I love that film. Can you imagine John Wayne as Nick Fury? It absolutely, would, it, it, absolutely <laughs> it totally would have been. Well, you just killed my life model decoy. <laughs> can I just say that that the, the Hoff or David Hasselhoff mm. in that version of Nick Fury, Agents of Shield? Yes. And Nick, they should have got the half back for the for the Avengers. I think. You know? I, I think so. I just love I just love the swagger coming in. Can you imagine? And actually, that's the only way I would have believed the. And it actually comes up in Agents of Shield, but um, the only way in Age of Ultron that I would have believed. Uh, while I've been keeping a a helicarrier hiding <laughs> under a sheet for the last three years. Uh, but yes, so uh, Marvel in the 90s is a rare exotic beast. And we're not talking early 90s here. That was 1998. Oh, no, no. Oh, it was all through that the was, 90s. That was, about, that was the same year Blade came out. Yeah, well, we, have to, we have to remember that, that at that point in time, Marvel was literally having a fire sale. Mm. I mean, they were selling rights to everything to everyone because they were going bankrupt. Because modern Marvel movies don't really start um, until uh, 2000 with the X-Men. Mm. And... Really modern Marvel movies realistically don't start until two thousand and eight with Iron Man. Yeah, and it was it was it was uh, Blade set the pace. Then we had X Men, and then Spider Man. Yes, and that was it. Floodgates yeah. were open. Yeah, well, that's that's how we got uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've actually thought this this is a project I've. I've I didn't been say they're all good. I just the floodgates. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> this this is this is a project I've been wanting to do for a while. Actually, watch every Marvel movie. In order, like every theatrical Marvel movie, starting right back with the early Captain America serials and working my way through to, you know, whatever's out by the time I finish. So presumably, you know, Ant-Man or Doctor Strange or something. I won't say how I procured them because, I mean, they're almost impossible. Some of them are. Like the the 1978 Doctor Strange is not available on any digital format. No, what I was about to say is I won't say where I procured them because Mm. they're – because – you cannot get them, but I have the complete series of the Spider-Man TV series. Right. Which is amazing. <laughs> this is the 70s. The uh, 70s Nicholas Hammond yeah. Spider-Man series. It is extraordinary. I, I recorded, would, recorded on VHS. We, we, we've not spoken about this at all, but I am almost willing to have a second podcast dedicated to Marvel at the Movies. Marvel on screen. Marvel on screen. Yeah. And then just go through, and then we just, as our pick of the week each week, 
we start with a 1940s uh, Captain America and work our way through it. Or we, we alternate. So we do one vintage, yeah. one modern. One, one modern. vintage, one modern, one vintage, ah, one modern. So we could do we could do that, like, way the, the, that way the way people won't avoid our show, show. until halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> so we could do we could do like uh yeah, nineteen forties Captain America and then Iron Man or something like that. This sounds like way. if I had more time in the day, I would definitely be doing this. Yeah, yeah. This this sounds good. No, I, it's I, it's something to talk about. This is so, this is something Although next we, we've got so much TV news coming out this year, it's gonna make me sneeze. No. Yeah, no, no, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> no, no, no. That's right. right. I was sneezing before as well. For some reason, as soon as we walked into the studio, we both started sneezing. I think there's something that we're both allergic to. In this Absolutely. So um, bear with us. We will get through it. Maybe it's just recording at night. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> we're allergic to being up after, you know, six o'clock or something. Well, we've got to get this show finished at a certain point, otherwise it'll turn back into a pumpkin. Yeah, that's right? true. <laughs> Uh, but we we joked it and and you know it might actually happen that there's so many TV shows coming TV shows coming TV, out next TV year. shoes TV shoes I want TV shoes <laughs> a really big show you look just look down and watch TV <laughs> <laughs> is it like the sequel to the Apple Watch you oh, know you've absolutely. got it's it's the TV show uh, there's so many coming out next year because they've just announced another three uh, oh. weekly series coming out this week um, or at least had trailers for them we'd almost to cover all that stuff weekly we almost have to do a whole second show. It's so, going to come down to that. I mean, the thing yeah. is, we are a comic book and sundries show. I mean, we we don't only just read comic books, but we are big geeks and we like all the stuff related to comic books. And it's getting to a point where it's not just a bunch of movies now. Now there's so much content being made on screen, and that's not even including the Netflix series as well. Absolutely that are coming out. And, and, the, got- and the thing is, when you look at it, you go, if we covered all the TV shows, we do have a small little, vid, you know, what we've been watching section, but. This show is going to get overwhelmed by screen. Yeah. So we need to start thinking about how to break that up a little bit, I think. So and I think it's not a bad idea. The other option is we drop one part of Geek Actually and make part of Geek Actually. That's true. Marvel screen. That's true. So we could do that. I mean, or superhero screen. I but don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll still cover it, it on here. Yeah. We'll still cover it on here. But, you know, we've got lots of options too. But the thing is, there's too much for us to do to read all the stuff every week, to watch all the stuff every week and cover it all. We need in- to actually put it through uh, an act of Congress, I think, that we need <laughs> that we need more hours in the day. Yes, agreed. I think, I think 27 or 28-hour days might be required. Okay, no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few yeah. more. Uh, until then, let's uh, talk about what we have been reading. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. A lot of uh, good sort of image comics came out this week. A lot of independent image and, and dark horse comics came out I this week. I found myself really... gravitating much more to the smallers than the majors this week. So. Can we first turn to uh, Harrow County, which is one that I found um, incredibly um, awesome. This was an intriguing uh, book. This one's by Cullen Barn, who I actually met promoting this in uh, Emerald City Comic Con. Hi, this is Cullen Bunn, the writer of The Six Gun and Harrow County, and you're listening to Behind the Panels. Yes, you are. And, and I also met the artist while I was there, Tyler Crook. Hey, this is Tyler Crook, the artist of Harrow County and BPRD, and you're listening to Behind the Panels. <laughs> we'll forgive him for BPRD. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, this, this is one of my favorite books that's come out. Uh, this week, at least, uh, and there's, there's been a bunch of number ones. There's at least uh, three or four number ones have come out this week. But Harrow County, I knew about in advance because I met those guys. But um, it's it's basically uh, a small town has killed a witch uh, at some stage in the past, and things have started to happen uh, to indicate that perhaps 
elements of her witchiness are coming back. Well, it sounds a little bit like they're waiting for her to reincarnate. Yes. And, and they um, think this little girl... They're basically saying it's her 18th birthday. Has she been exhibiting yeah. any signs? You know? <laughs> and, like, you know, calves are being born, turned inside out. Yeah. And and, uh, and there's that one cow which looks like it's about to die, and then suddenly she walks out and going, look, it's okay now. You know, mm. it's like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, good. <laughs> no, I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not dead She's yet. a witch. <laughs> yeah, does she weigh the same? Let's just see if she weighs the same as a duck. Yeah. And then she'll be fine. Fair call. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> other spin-off podcast, Monty Python references. <laughs> uh, the Yeah, no, but I actually, I, to me, this is one of my favorites to start this week because it's it, it sort of got the atmosphere of... Like there was the Scott Snyder series, which is yes. which is really good, and it's sort of got the atmosphere of that without the kind of outright horror. It sort of feels more like a an English horror film from well, the seventies. Also, to be you know? fair, though, it it is very much an introduction issue. Nothing actually happens until the last two pages. No, and that's fascinating because you actually want to come back to it to find out what's next because we didn't actually start the story. We just got all of this background, right? And we got all of this this. Is she or isn't she? Blah blah blah. And then it's the last couple of pages, which is where she finds the skin yes. in the field, and you go, "Ooh, something is happening." Now. Yeah. And yeah. then they go to be continued. It's no, like, I think I think ah! I think I think atmosphere is the is the is the word right there. Great uh, art too. Yeah, Tyler Cook's art is amazing. It's yeah. beautiful. It's like it's almost like these watercolor mm. paintings going throughout there. So I highly, highly recommend that one. Another one of the big new ones that came out from Image, and this has been getting a lot of attention. This is an Image Shadowline book called Mantle. Uh, this is written by Ed Brisson, uh, who is the writer and the letter on it, and it's got um, uh, the artist is Brian Level uh, with colors by Jordan Boyd. Um, and Phil Hester did one of the covers, and Phil Hester's name will come up uh, later this week as well. But uh, this is a really interesting one. This is about a guy who basically is having um, uh, a trip. He's, he's he's having like he's tripping on mushrooms. He goes <laughs> to get some um, um, some weed because he needs weed while he's tripping on mushrooms, as you do. And but then suddenly, when he when he wakes up from his, he sees all these visions of himself dying over and over and over again. Then he wakes up. He says, "Man, I don't know what was going on. That was a really bad trip." And his friends like um, or his girlfriend is like. Um, there's some people here to see you, and there's all these superheroes standing around, and and basically he is the mantle. He has been chosen uh, to be the mantle. Um, it's like the you know every who who it's kind of like the Buffy concept. You know, in every generation there is a there is a, there is a Slayer born kind of thing. <laughs> Except they've gone through. We find out they've gone through um, about thirty mantles in the last ten years, and. Uh, you know, a hundred since the since the middle of the last century, because it's just one guy that's after uh, the mantle all the time, and he kills right. them almost as media, almost as soon as they turn up. And you know, they they're quite good. So, well, there you go. Look, you got your superhero origin story. Let's go. You know, <laughs> so I like that aspect of it. Where this book ends, you will you may not see coming, and it completely twists the whole notion of the superhero origin story on its head. Um. And it's so clever, and and I want you to read this because you get to the end of the second, the first issue, you you your your second issue is going to have a very very different direction um, mm. as a result of it because um, minor spoilers, the, the person you thought will be the lead probably won't be. Oh, okay. So uh, it's it's very 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 clever the way they do that. So I okay. recommend that one very highly. Mantle 
is the name of that book. Um, one of the other books that came out this week. I haven't said this in a very long time, so I'm going to yeah. say it. it's on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I've got I've got one for the for the for the 150th clip soundboard. There you go. Now speaking of Phil Hester, Phil Hester had a book out this week called Mythic. Um, that's got art by John McRae. If you know that name, um, he did the boys with Garth Ennis. He works a lot with Garth Ennis. Uh, so, uh, and I think we might have seen his name with that Section Eight stuff that that we saw popping right, up right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now, this book kind of has a very similar sort of setup to uh, um, a book we were talking about a little while ago. Someone turns up to a store and says, "My phone's broken. Phone's dead. Phone's broken." And when the guy goes to repair it. Um, he realizes he's stuck to it, and these demons emerge from it, and he has to fight them off. From there, he's uh, he manages to kill one of the de- kill kill the demons, and this bloke turns up and says, "I'm a member of a secret organization. Would like you to join. You did that. We're really impressed." So there's a little bit of that Men in Black sort of element yeah, to it yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and we've seen this the supernatural thing. I'm not quite sure whether this is like we've just had this run of science fiction from Image. Prior to that, we had a run of horror. Is magic now going to be the next run of books from, from it Image It seems comics? to me that uh, magic, because in particular witches, mm. is going to be a big thing at the moment. Yeah. Which witches I'm kind of excited about because actually I think that's more interesting than zombies. I like so. fantasy. But then it turns out this this group would just um, turn up and, you know, they're this really uh, laid back but, you know, highly aware group of, of you know, supernatural hunters basically uh, called uh, Mythics. And <laughs> their first case, they go out in the middle of the desert and they're sort of sitting there and they're going, right, so uh, the reason you've had a drought in this area is that the uh, sky god is, you know, and that this mountain haven't had sex in a long time so they've been quarrelling. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to seduce the mountain to make the sky god jealous, you know, and that's kind of where it ends, you know. And and this other, and it's kind of interesting because they're saying all those things, everything you, you've been told is false, like the sun is not a gaseous ball that's being, you know, led by someone uh, dragging a, a flaming chariot behind it and, you know, uh, earthquakes are not tectonic plates. They're two dragons fighting at the center of the earth, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And so they say, we're, we're here to fix it when magic goes wrong. So there's very much that men in black kind of element to it. Like everything you know is wrong. Right. You right. know, um, we're, we're the people behind, you know, that fix things behind the scenes. So sort of somewhere, but it's like that, RIPD, you know, those kind mm. of things on the surface, but it's very, very well done. I was saying um, before, by the way, that we'll forgive him for BPRD, but it was RIPD is what mm, I was thinking of. Yeah. So I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, BPRD is... Um, um, Mignola? Mignola, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mignola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, Mignola, the uh, Hellboy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's RIPD that I was RIPD. saying. RIPD. Yeah, that, no, I was wondering what you were saying about that. I was just yeah. letting it slide. You uh, shouldn't have. You should have called me up and made and made a fool of me. Now I've made a fool of myself. So that's, oh, that's, that's, that's what I was waiting for you to do. Ah, okay. Ah. Yeah, the penny yeah. dropped finally. Uh, Did you read Injection? I did read Injection. That is the weirdest book I've ever read this week. It, it yeah, this weirdest is weirdest book I ever read this week. Dave, it was go. written by Warren Ellis. I know, and it's really <laughs> weird. I don't think I understood it. <laughs> no, I didn't understand it at all. It seems to be. It's kind of. It's sort of like a, a a Suicide Squad kind of thing. They're they're some sort of secret organization that was formed, but now looks like it's been disbanded because they're everywhere. Yeah, one of them is in a mental institution. Yes, and she's basically let out because they need her help on something. Uh, it is batshit. I didn't understand a it's word sort of, that was going on. It was it was an interesting book until you get my face. <laughs> I love the final line of the book though. Uh, which is when they're they've, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the end of it just because I have to talk about this final line. One of the last people oh, that turns yes. <laughs> up, one of the last people that turns up is this this kind of uh, she's wearing a hood and they're sort of like yeah look you know I'm only gonna come in for your tech support 
you know, I, I don't mind. Uh, she said, look, I don't have a problem doing an occasional favor for the guards, especially if it means you stay out of my shit, but you can't keep calling me every time you need IT support. Like, you were asked for by name. And she comes in as this guy attached to all the computers, completely eviscerated, <laughs> sort of speaking, you know, sort of mumbling out some words. And she says, if you try turning it on and off again. <laughs> Which was wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Um, I love that aspect to it. So that was cool. Look, I'm fascinated um, by it. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I like it or not yet, but I'm fascinated by it. No, I'll definitely come back for a second issue. Yeah, because I need to know more because it's left mm. you in such a way you're kind of sitting there going, I don't understand what happened. And look, Warren Ellis is always worth a look, even if you yes. don't follow it through. He's, he's worth sort of pursuing because his stories do tend to mm. take a while to get going because he's got a bigger picture in mind, um, which is something that can be said, and we may as well talk about it now, Secret Wars, um, <laughs> uh, because John, Jonathan Hickman, the problem with Jonathan Hickman is he, he's, he's, he's often looking at the bigger picture so much, he forgets that people have to read this mm. in, the, in the smaller details. What we had at the end of Secret Wars 1 was the end of the Marvel and the Ultimate Marvel Universe. This starts off with in Doomguard, which is this weird version of Asgard where Doctor Doom rules, and it, there's a whole bunch of Thors and there's other neighboring worlds which we briefly see. We see the Marvel Zombies world. We see a, a, an, Ultra, an Age of Ultron world um, and things like that. And uh, by the end of this issue, it gets really good because you realize that Thanos, Thanos, Thanos and a bunch of his... Uh, Thanos. I'm, I'm doing it now. Uh, <coughs> Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> uh, Thanos and a bunch of his cronies have actually effectively survived in a bubble um, they've their ship has protected them from the effects of the destruction of the universe, and they've arrived on this battle world, um, going, "What's going on here? What is this place?" And so it's interesting. That's like an, a remnant of the old. So we wonder how many other remnants have actually survived. I'm um, actually thinking at this point that I may need to just stop with Secret Wars. Yes, and then when it's finished, go and read it in a run because a problem with Hickman, and I had the same problem yeah. with Infinity, is. I can't follow him month by month. No. It's too complicated. All, all the other books and pieces that are coming out, and I'm, I'm going to get doing my head in because it's, it's hard enough with Convergence keeping uh, up with it, all the oh, time. Exactly, and we have two major events happening at the same time. Do you know what this is like? This is like, and this is going to sound really dorky, this is like the Simpsons tapped out game. <laughs> at the moment, there are four events happening simultaneously. I know, and I've just tapped out completely. And you just go, I, I'm done. I, I was done, I can't yeah. keep up can't, with this. I could do it, yeah. Because I, I literally can't keep up with, I don't know what event is supposed to be doing before what, and... I feel the same way about Hickman. I, know, I feel about the same way about, about Hickman. I feel the same way about DC Marvel. I just go, I am so evented out at the moment. That's exactly what I said. I said to a friend the other day, she rang to me, she said, I was really starting to worry about you because you haven't logged into The Simpsons Tapped Out for a while. <laughs> and I was like, I said, I'm, I'm just out. I'm evented out. I can't do it. And she goes, yeah. Yeah, there's like a there's a four things going on at the yeah. moment. I, I can't do it, you know. And I feel like, the same way about comics with the comp with the majors at the moment. I feel like just let it be for a little while because mm. if you think about going it even going hard. back a few years ago when say mm. Bendis was running the Avengers, yes. right? Even though there was small events that were dropping in like Secret Wars, not Secret Wars, what was it called? Secret Invasion, Secret Invasion and yeah. stuff like that. There were still months would go by where we were just status quo. Yeah. You know? And then we'd have it would lead to an event. We'd have road to siege or we'd have road to civil war. Or, or on the other extreme, if you do something like civil war, which is a year long event, 
there were all these great stories in 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 that. Yeah, you know, little little pockets that still sort of happened within that. Or you could just read the X Men books got to have time and, and not have worry about the repercussions of the event to play out. And we're not getting any time for the repercussions of no. the events to play out. We're going an event which leads to an event which leads to an event which leads to an event, and you go. Is life ever going to return to normal? And it's interesting. If you look at the sales figures from April, and four of the top ten were the Star Wars books. Mm. So Star Wars and Leia, Leia and, and Darth, Vader. Darth Vader and possibly Kane in the last yeah. battle one. Um, in fact, I think that was one of them. The rest of them were Convergence titles, I think. So the Conver- Convergence is working in the sense that it has you know, given DC mm. you know, half a dozen top ten books. Um, I, I do question the the long term wisdom of that because you know it's great. Yes, you get the short four, you get people buying all these books, and yeah, I'm I'm reading a lot more. I'm reading pretty much all the DC output at the moment because I'm a DC boy, so I love DC crises and events and things like that. Not loving this one so much, but I'm I'm still going to read it. Mm. Um, but the for, for long term readers, like how, if if you're how you are you attracting new readers for this, and if you are, are they going to be there when the ongoings and happen? Even and all if you have stuff? a massive surge at the beginning, is it carrying through? It's like yeah. with convergence. I read every title for convergence in the first week, mm. and I've barely read any since. Exactly because I kind of went, yeah, not for me. But even look, you know? uh, if you go back four years, look uh, post Flashpoint, mm. we 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 were reading everything, everything. And if you go back and listen to those early episodes, we were reading. Everything and slowly they just started dropping off. And yeah. yeah, and by the by, a year later, it's like we've got a handful of titles yeah. that we've carried on with, and the rest is just chaff. Yeah, and I think that's what's worrying me a little bit about this is because Secret Wars, in its in from what I've seen, I haven't read issue two yet, but from what I've seen, looks fascinating. Yeah, but I don't want to read it right now. I no. want to wait, build it up, and like I read Civil War back a few years ago when I first read Civil War. Read it in one hit. Because the, the things that excite me about it are the little the drop ins, the things like there's going to be a Spider Verse p- section of this mm. of Battle World, and I love Spider Verse, and there's going to be a Civil War section of that, and I love Civil War. I don't quite know how a Civil War world will work in this context, but Spider Verse makes perfect sense. Well, Civil War is there. just a six one six. I don't understand yeah. how it makes any difference. But, but, it? but you know, maybe it's just like you know, a world. Uh, there's one country on Battle World that's completely divided. Yeah, maybe. You know, and, and, you know, an Age of Ultron world makes complete sense in there. A Marvel Zombies world makes complete sense. A Spider-Verse world makes complete sense because you've got all the spiders in one place. All that makes sense to me and, and that kind of fascinates me because mm. I love the multiversal aspect of it. I'm actually finding at the moment that I am much more entertained and deeply absorbed in older runs. Yeah, exactly what's you know, happening I'm to actually me. reading at the moment because we've got it coming up on the show. I'm actually reading The Ultimate Fantastic 4. Yes. Which I am just adoring and I never thought I would. I, I actually this is funny. My I looked at my credit card statement this week and I realized that my Marvel Unlimited um, subscription had renewed and I've had this subscription renewing since 2013 or something so I thought yeah. I should take advantage of it. And I went in there and it is amazing actually because they've really improved the app over the years and I've gone back and I've got like the complete run of Age of Apocalypse, which I've started reading. Mm. So that's in anticipation of the movie. And they've got Ultimate Fantastic Four on there, but just one-off miniseries and things like that from from a writer and artist that I liked or a character I've been wanting to read, which I don't normally have the luxury of doing. But these two weeks, because we're not doing lengthy picks for the show, 
and I'm we really and I'm really not interested in the major events at the moment. I am reading these classic things. I think Dave actually said a couple of weeks ago, the one thing both of these events have made me want to do is go back and read the classic runs that they're inspired by. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and as you can see by this week's titles, because we haven't quite finished, but as you can see by this week's titles, most of the stuff that we're actually more interested in at the moment is all image, dark horse, and and the the not the two majors, because they're actually producing stuff that is more interesting. Well, let's cut to the chase. Saga. Well, actually, before we no, do no. Saga, before we do Saga, can we just throw out? I also read Lantern City. Oh, Lantern City, and I didn't get a chance to read this, which one. is a, an odd little book because it's basically um, it's another nineteen eighty four esque type clone where it's a walled city that the the it is in three tiers. So there's basically there's the guards, there's the the, the workers, and then there's what's called the Greys, or the basically we're assuming at this point it's a family of some kind. So this is Paul Jenkins. I usually like what he writes. Yeah, so. and it's intriguing because it's got this almost kind of steampunky type feel to it um, even mm. though we're assuming oh it's very probably, much I'm looking at the art yeah, now it's, it's very we're, much we're assuming yeah. it's sometime in the future um, and they're starting to realize though the, <laughs> the, the the rebellion that is starting to form the workers are starting to kind of the workers are revolting of course they are they stink <laughs> on ice um, no but the the, uh, the, the um, helmets that the guards wear look like Star Lord they do helmets. don't they yeah. the Star Lord helmets and basically what we've got is this one guy who's being they're the uh, the insurgents is talking to him, basically saying, you need to join us. You need to help us to do this. And, and if you are caught doing anything wrong, the guards beat you senseless. And it's, it's, it's an intriguing story because it's all about how he wants to just support his family. But even his family is saying, you need to do something just by being nothing doesn't help us. We're not safe. I'm going to know? give this one a read because it, the art's gorgeous. The art is Jenkins, gorgeous. So and it's I'll, actually it's actually an interesting book. Well worth having a look at. This is uh, it's from a it's from one of the indies. It's um, oh this one is from it's Valiant, and or I'll tell isn't you it? right now it's from. Uh, it's from Arcadia, which is boom. Arcadia, okay, boom. boom. Yeah, Arcadia. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of one of it's even not even image. It's sub image. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess you look at the tiers. You go. There's the two majors. There's image. And then probably Dark Horse. Dark Horse, uh, Vertigo. IDW. Well, Vertigo is part of DC. Yeah, but it's kind of they float on their own. Yeah. Um, so you got that that tier. That yeah. kind of kicks around IDW, you're right, with all of their licenses. Um, and then down below that, you've probably got Boom Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, uh, Valiant. Valiant, uh, yeah. Uh, Arcadia, uh, not Arcadia, what's it oh, called? Oh, there is an Arcadia um, and there's also an Arcadia. And the one I'm thinking of is, uh, what's the one that does all the uh, the mermaid stuff? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Aspen. Aspen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're, they're a little lower down. There's Aspen and there's also Xenotrope. Oh, there's they're, Titan they're, comics as yeah. well. Actually, Titan's been emailing me a lot lately. Titan has been. And there's also um, Black Mask Studios. Oh, who, they email me all the time. Who are, We're going to have to cover some of their stuff. Actually, Black actually. Mask has some really good stuff out there. There's their book, uh, We Can Never Go Home, which I'm loving and Ryan mentioned that a couple mm. of weeks ago. I really, really enjoyed that. They did pirouette. They did yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that, which was really good. So, so we have to have a deeper look at some of their stuff because they're all they're often writing to me. So yeah, and because so. I think it's Ben Rosenberg who does We Can Never Go Home. He's the PR guy, and he's really lovely. So he's mm. been sending us a lot of stuff, and so we may as well take advantage of that because uh, there's not many companies that are sending us free stuff. Absolutely. So hear um, that, Marvel DC. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very lovely. So if you are listening, um, I think it's time that we. Oh uh, no! Wait, wait. Oh, we oh, no. come back. To- oh yes, Saga. I did what I'd always do, which is like, we're going to talk about the big one last. Yeah. Let's, and let's face it, when Saga comes out, nothing else matters. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, look, this is uh, issue 28. So, How many uh, more do we have until the end of this? Uh, so let me see. There's usually six per thing. So I'm just trying to do the maths on that. Six, so 12, uh, 24, 18, 24, 24. So 25, 25, 26, 27, 28. So we've got two more issues after this. And then there's a trade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so yeah, thirty will be the last um, issue of this run. So it is. It is an um, look. It still it remains an amazing book. The character development. No is still Marco rich. at all. No, that was really interesting. Oh no, there it? was a little tiny bit of Marco. He's uh, he's flying the ship. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was too, but it was, it was barely he, any. Marco. It was him and Prince Robot yeah. having a a brief discussion because at the moment you've got a team up with Prince Robot and Marco. Yeah, you've got Alana off with the the Renegade Robot. Um, and uh, Hazel and the grandmother. And she's trying to convince the renegade robot, which I can't remember his name, but she's trying to convince him that his mission may be a little bit uh, yeah. flawed. Flawed, <laughs> and that the people he's teamed up with, he probably needs to get. And he's realising that yeah. these, these renegades he's teamed up with aren't so good. Yeah. And the thing I – one of the relationships I really loved in there was Gus – the um the little mm, kind of yeah, yeah uh, the little the little furry guy furry yeah. mole looking guy and yeah. and the um the kind of swamp lady who was from the um uh, the arena uh, the, the the drug dealer the drug dealer basically the two of them their relationship was great in this and how that ultimately ends and the final page um <laughs> I cannot spoil but it made me laugh you always keep reading so and I always hard. forget the final page and, and then I look at it and go you're gonna oh, bring it up. In a moment. So those of you who have read Saga 28. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember this last page. It is one of the best. I don't think I've laughed, laughed that loud reading. Laughed, I haven't la- laughed that hard since we had the reveal of King, King Robot. Robot. Exactly, yeah. exactly. King so Robot was, was, was the, the bomb, man. Uh, given that most of this episode is about. Um, there was also a great line from Hazel. Uh, and I can't oh, for the yeah. life of me I've forgotten what it is but it was there was some good stuff from Hazel because it was, it was really heavily Hazel narrated again and no it was actually about- something that she says to her mother so it wasn't even in the narration oh right she turns to her mother and she says something and made me laugh um I like the fact that her first line is she turns around and goes, "Is Graham dead?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I love this. Oh no, that's right. She says, "She says, no, sweetheart. She's just taking a nap." And then she says, "Oh, because guess what? I have some stuff coming out of my nose, and it is like melted boogers. So am I sick now?" <laughs> <laughs> I love the the opening of this where it's like the brand. Was it the brand? The yeah, it's the brand. The um, the um, uh, the. Bounty oh, hunter yes, yes. talking to the little girl and, and she's saying, so, and that's what abortions are. Yeah, that's you know? first line. And she's like, oh, I always wondered about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that that's because last week's, uh, last month's issue opened with a flashback of, of Marco doing Alana from behind. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was kind of While like, she was pregnant. While she was pregnant. So I love that those little kind of little punches that they throw in there. Um, we've got a lot to talk about with what we've been watching. Um, but because most of the back half of this episode is going to be about what we've been watching, but we do need to, and we are going to be talking about Arrow and the Flash in detail yeah, yeah. next week. But we do really need to quickly mention. I've been watching you. You're going to hear a lot about Agents of Shield in a moment, but it was a two-part finale yeah. this week, and it was huge. Um, Arrow season three ended uh, this week. Um, and it really felt for all the world like it was the end of it Arrow. It feels like completely. the end of the show. Yeah, it was a it was a huge finale. Yeah, um, a lot happened. Again, we're going to get into huge detail of that next week, but it does signal a massive change of direction potentially for the show in season four. Can I tell you though that it has? And this is minor spoilers, guys. I'm sorry, it does happen right at the very beginning of the episode, so it's mm. not like it's good. But can I just tell you that it was the most awkwardly wedged in cameo I think I've seen on TV in quite a long time because the flash just turns oh, up yeah 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 freeze them and they go can you stay around home he goes no I've got to get back and get other things done <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like, like you're the flash it's like 
Really? They just needed to wedge you into this show? Somehow. Yeah. So like I said, they had everyone in the final. It's going to be harder when Legends of Tomorrow comes out oh, next year. Yeah. And every season finale is going to have everybody in it, you know. Um, so, that, But it was, still a, it was still a good episode, although it was confusing by the mm. end of it to see where they're going to go with that. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finished up. The Flash was on its penultimate um, episode this week. This week's supposed to be a corker. So, so. yeah, we're waiting for – and it was it already had a lot of people in it. Yeah, yeah. So from my understanding is that the final Flash episode is going to tease a lot of the stuff in Legends of Tomorrow. Right. So we're going to have a few of those characters turning up, so that might explain a little we'll bit. We'll talk a little bit about Legends of Tomorrow a little bit later Yeah, on, absolutely. But, uh, it's uh, Legends of Tomorrow, the, the trailer, is intriguing because they've actually introduced some new characters, which we'll talk about later, but mm. you go, where the hell did they come from? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was very strange. Now, um, let's get into some news headlines because we're going to have a lot to talk about with those trailers, and then we're going to have an entire season of television to discuss. We'll compress it. We'll compress it. <laughs> so th- there's, there's a fair bit that can be compressed in there, but for now, some news headlines. Archie Comics has cancelled their Kickstarter campaign amidst criticisms. The three books, Jughead, Betty and Veronica, and Life with Kevin, will still be launched from creators Chip Zdarsky, Dan Parent, and uh, J-Bone, and Adam Hughes when it is viable. Archie and Veronica blush. Fox has announced it is making a new Mutants film uh, with the Fault in Our Stars director Josh Boone. It's likely to be released in 2018. Avengers... Age of Ultron. Age <laughs> of Ultron. Of Ultron. <laughs> has crossed the $1 billion mark, surprise, surprise, at the global box office, making it the third highest grossing Marvel film to date and still counting. Still counting. Uh, AMC's companion series, Fear the Walking Dead, has commenced production. The first season, consisting of six one-hour episodes, will premiere on AMC in late summer. And I haven't included it here, but The Preacher has also commenced production. Yeah, I was yeah. Fear the Walking Dead because apparently they weren't scary before. No. <laughs> Agent Carter will make the shift from New York to Los Angeles when it returns during the mid-season break of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. Excellent. Kevin Smith's Rat sequel has been officially titled More Brats. Cool. Still on sequels, Brad Bird has confirmed, this is the best news of the year, people, Brad Bird has confirmed that The Incredibles 2 will be his next oh, film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Now, it is time for a section uh, where we talk about a thing, mm. and I like to call it Talking Point. Talking Point. Talking Point. Now, this week, a lot of stuff came out um, from sort of the upfronts that they had in the last couple of weeks with the, the new series premieres getting picked up. Um, we did know that Legends of Tomorrow, that Supergirl and that Lucifer had all been picked up um, and we all got trailers for all three of those and all of them were really long trailers. Although I think Lucifer is doomed considering of Constantine's fate. So oh, Absolutely, yeah. different <laughs> network. But yeah. um, Now, the Supergirl one was seven minutes long, so I'm not going to play all of that. The Legends of Tomorrow one was about five minutes long, so I won't play all of that. And Lucifer was about three or four minutes long. But what I've done is I've, I've mashed up a little bit of a montage so you have oh. an idea of what we're going to be talking about. My name is Kara Zorel. 24 years ago, my planet was in peril. My cousin, Kalel, was sent to a planet called Earth. You may know his story, but you don't know mine. On Earth, you will do extraordinary things. Until now. Rip Hunter, I'm from East London. Oh, and the future. I'm a member of the Time Masters, an organization charged with protecting history itself. And in the future, as unlikely as it may seem, you people become a team. 
People like to tell me things. Those deep, dark, naughty little desires that are on their mind. New female hero, Supergirl. We can't name her that. We didn't. Shouldn't she be called Super Woman? What do you think is so bad about girl? I'm a girl. And your boss. And powerful. And rich. And hot. And smart. So if you perceive Supergirl as anything less than excellent, isn't the real problem you? Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a uh, stage name? God-given, I'm afraid. His name is Vandal Savage. He's been alive thousands of years. He is immortal and commands the most powerful army the world has ever seen. And what makes you think we could stop him? Because one day, you do. And, uh, <laughs> this one has the S. Or super, just like your cousin. It's not an S. It's my family's coat of arms, the House of L. See, in the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Now, don't you have a city to protect? You know, up, up, and away. Interesting little mashup. So there you go. I've condensed uh, about 15 minutes worth of footage down to two, two minutes. <laughs> and very different worlds. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they, these match up because two of those are Greg Berlanti productions, mm-hmm. uh, which is Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. Legends and if that of- name is familiar, that's uh, Arrow and the Flash. Yes, I was going to say. So Legends of Tomorrow will be a direct spinoff from the Arrow and the mm-hmm. Flash um, on the same network. So you will definitely be seeing some crossovers. And in fact... Um, you heard him in there. Um, Oliver Queen and Barry Allen do turn up in the in costume, which is interesting given um, Arrow's finale. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, turn up in costume at the end of uh, sorry. Turn up in costume at the beginning of this trailer to sort of tell them all, gather all these people together, and say, "Hey, we're pulling a team together, but we're not going to be in it." Um, the other one that I thought was fascinating in that trailer, of course, was White Canary. Yes. So they brought Sarah back. You see in the trailer a few seconds of her rising out of the Lazarus pit. So that seems to be the way that we thought time travel, given that it's yeah, a time yeah. travel thing. And the premise of Legends of Tomorrow has me fascinated because they're tracking Vandal Savage across time. Mm. So it looks like it might be a combination of like something like Sliders and it's like science uh, fiction meets, you know, you know, Arrow and the Flash. Yeah, and, you know, in a kind of a big mismatch. It's going to be very interesting. But most importantly, Supergirl. No, no, no still on that one. Oh yeah. Adam goes small. Adam goes small. <laughs> Absolutely. So and, we actually see him go small. And uh, yeah, no, there's, there's a there's a scene towards the end of the trailer where he because again, uh, don't want to spoil the end of Arrow, but. It, it it looks as though something happens to Ray Palmer mm. and then the trailer is obviously spoiled that he <laughs> the trailer actually flat out says, no, I didn't die. I got small. I got small. You, you don't believe me? And then he goes ahead and, and shrinks. Then we have the Ant-Man moment. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which to me was a better first display of smallness than the first Ant-Man trailer because yeah. the first Ant-Man trailer didn't show him getting small in, in a convincing way. Whereas in scale, the, yeah. Yeah, the second yeah. one had the Thomas the Tank Engine thing and all that sort of stuff. I but really like the look of it, but you had some concerns I've got about some it. concerns because I, I worry that we put that many costumes 
on television together. Now, this is a limited series from what we understand. It's it's not a full season. It's like a special event more. Uh, I think it's like it's, Agent Carter. Like Agent Carter. I think it's only like eight or ten episodes or something right. like that. And, and it may only be a one-off thing. We may not – it may not carry on. Who knows? Yeah. You know, at this point we don't know. I think Berlanti at this point is just seeding – Stuff out there all over the place right. and seeing what grows. Because there's even going to be speaking of seed, there's CW Seed, which I think is their digital platform, mm. and they have an animated series called Vixen, which is going to be the character Vixen, and it will be set in the same continuity apparently as Arrow and the Flash. And oh, there you show, go. So, um, my problem, or not even a problem, my concern is uh, I'm I put on Facebook. I mean, when you put this post up, I immediately wrote all the names of all the television shows that we're going to have next year. And I just went, my little nerd heart is exploding and my head's going to burst. And, you know, I can't believe yeah. that this is all happening. Whether it is superlative television or not, the fact is we've got superheroes on TV and it's awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? And almost um, everybody that commented on that post uh, very much said, oh, uh, just this is this is this really the age we live in that yeah. we're getting you know all I mean, those come on, characters. Let's face it, Twenty years ago, we never thought this was happening. No, um, although we did twenty years ago, we did have a lot of superhero television. But it was I guess just, we had Nick Fury, Agents of Shield. But we yeah. had things like Lois and Clark and That's all those true. kind of things. But we you know? usually had it was usually isolated to one at a time. Yes, absolutely. Suddenly we have. All of this comic book television, including things like Eye Zombie. The, the only series Walking that's Dead. really done it before with like multiple characters was probably Smallville. Yeah. Where they kind of formed a mini Justice League in there, you know. But, but it was still one show. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And here we've got all these shows going on. What worries me a little bit about Legends of Tomorrow is the trailer. There's almost an element where we might just step into Cheese Factor. And that just concerns me a little bit. And I don't want okay. them to, and I really don't want them to. Okay, here's but. the list that you posted. Arrow, The Flash, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, Supergirl, Gotham, Teen Titans, Daredevil, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Not all of those will come out next year. No, but come out next we don't years. know what the release date yeah. of those last um, The Defenders. Uh, there's a proposed X-Men series. I'm already up to about 10 here. Um Constantine, we don't know. It, it well, could I be dead that, in the water. I actually said that. I said, yeah. we don't know. Maybe Netflix. Uh, but iZombie as well. Uh, you also forgot The Walking Dead. I didn't put The Walking the- Dead or Lucifer, so there's yeah. two more we can add to that. Uh, in there as well. Preacher. Preacher. Uh, as well one? coming up there. So we're looking at at least 15 series uh, next year. Mm. Um we might have to do the spin-off show <laughs> after all. <laughs> and then on top of that, we're going to add the movies. Oh, God. And next year's movie list. X-Men, a new X-Men movie, a Deadpool movie. Two Marvel- no, no, next year is huge. Two yeah, Marvel absolutely films. it is. Um, so we got two Marvel Studios films. We've got uh, Superman versus Batman. We've got Suicide Squad. We've got uh, a new X-Men movie. We've got Deadpool movie. I've got it here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Because I did that big infographic. Yeah, yeah. So look, if you're looking on our website, I did a big infographic of all the releases over the next few years. Next year alone, yeah, it was Deadpool, Batman versus Superman, Civil War, X-Men Apocalypse, Suicide Squad, Gambit, and Doctor Strange coming out so there's eight films coming out mm. next year as well yeah uh, so we 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 will we should just forget reading comics next year and I, just I, I think print is dead <laughs> <laughs> I collect spores moles and fungus <laughs> oh uh, dear um, so yeah we got a lot of stuff going so anyway Legends of Tomorrow uh, jury's out we'll actually have a look at it Berlanti hasn't steered us wrong yet so True. why would I have doubt him but let's talk Supergirl oh, look the the first this is a seven-minute trailer, and the first half of this is very much, uh, you know, Felicity, uh, Ali McBeal. Ali McBeal. There's even it's even got yeah. you know Callista Flockhart in it. It's very much the rom-com. And I joked to you beforehand. There was a sketch they did a couple of weeks ago on Saturday Night Live, 
um, where they had if black, you know, you know, a new Black Widow movie from Marvel, and it was just a rom com. Yeah, her going through, you know, not not being doing spy stuff at all, and for the first half of this trailer, it's like. Okay, this is Supergirl. She's getting coffee. She's, you know, she's having she's boy problems. problems. Yeah, office office issues and all that sort of stuff. And I wonder how much this series is going to be that. Um, but then the second half of that trailer is her choosing a costume, saving people, catching a plane before it you know lands, yeah, fighting people. Lots of girl power, pop music, and you know and all that sort of stuff. And that's and you can definitely see the tone they're setting here. The tone they're setting here is this is going to be light. It's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be, it's going to like, if you look at the tears, you go arrow, dark and serious, the flash fun, Supergirl fun and frothy. You yeah. Know? And I think, I think I described this on, on Facebook and Twitter as, Hey, look, it's a DC show with the lights turned on. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. And, but that being said, she's charming. Yes. The effects look Yeah, Melissa great. Ben Oysters, it looks looks wonderful. Absolutely. She looks wonderful. She's charming. She's got a lovely smile. Really good personality. Really person- good personality. Looks like she can carry the scene. So think, think like iZombie, the way that it's been driven by a really strong personality yes, up front. Yes, absolutely. This looks like it'll do that too. Effects look really good. It looks like it's got the right tone and everything else going for it. This looks like it could be a hoot. It looks like it could be just a good fun time. I'm looking forward to it. And we've got we've set up the the military base, so we've got the monster of the week. Yes, you know, uh, which is going to be inter- extraterrestrial monsters of the of the week. So she's dealing with the extraterrestrials. The Flash is dealing with the Metas, and now Arrow is dealing with Felicity. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be, yeah, that'll be fascinating. I mean, I I love the tone of it. I am looking forward to it. It'll be nice to have a proper super show on yeah. television. Now, the, the, the question was whether or not there was going to be crossovers between Berlanti's Supergirl and Berlanti's other Because CBS is partly owned by the same people, so I don't know whether that will be able but to. But I can't see them. I can't see crossovers happening. No. And there's a very fundamental reason, which is they're saying that Superman is already on the planet. Yes. Because she's saying my cousin is already here. She's becoming Supergirl. And that's never been mentioned it's in. It's never been mentioned in Arrow. And you would think if there was a superpowered man flying around Metropolis, <laughs> that would have been mentioned at some point. Absolutely. You know, so I don't think there's going to be crossovers. I no. think I think my son nailed this when he said, "Could it be a multiverse?" Yeah. I think I think they're they're setting up because they've got uh the setting up for the crisis on yeah. Maybe uh, it's Earth 2. I, I would love them if they officially acknowledged that. That, that would be that'd fantastic. Be All right. Well, we're already 50 minutes into this for our short episode, and we've got a lot to talk about. So it's time. Oh, it's just Agents of Shield. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for our pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's, it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. What once was Shield no longer exists. But their enemies are still out there, and the world can't save itself. This is a make-or-break moment. I'm going to finish what I started. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season premiere Tuesday, September 23rd at a new time, 9, 8 central on ABC. On ABC. ABC. <laughs> Love that announcer voice. Uh, yeah, and keeping a propensity for Marvel to use uh, ACDC songs. Mm. Uh, a bit of Akadaka there. I think they must have be... bought like the library. I'd imagine they have. <laughs> uh, this is a series of two halves, as most US TV shows are, but two very distinct halves. The first half, uh, which you just heard there, comes off the back of the events of Captain America the Winter Soldier, mm. where Hydra is revealed to have been... Um, well, it's actually coming off the events also of the last six episodes of season one. True. Yeah. So the last six episodes 
season one, which you were right, it's Captain America. Yes. But then from that point where it went to the entire breakdown and it was the whole Bill Paxton. And we found out that, that uh, what's his name? Um, Ward. <laughs> Agent Ward, Grant Ward, uh, had been... The... Ha- the, the, the- what did we used to call him? Because we could never remember his name. Oh, Captain Generic. I don't know yeah. what we used to call him. Uh, but he's become far more interesting because we found out he was a, um, a Hydra, an, a Hydra yeah. agent, that he had Bill Paxton's character uh, was recruited him. And uh, so that there was that dynamic going Ooh. on in the first half of the season, him him sort of like combating them and being on the run and whatnot. And I'm also searching for this obelisk. Uh, and, which- Phil, and Phil's... Uh, visions, drawing the, the, yes. the sketching on the yeah, wall. And he was finding other people who were drawing these visions as well. So we had some interesting highlights throughout that season, but it was mostly this sort of antagonism between the remnants of Hydra, um, what was left of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and also, uh, yeah, this, this this growing kind of alien voice in effectively. It was in, uh, the obelisks that were brought about by the Carl, Carl McLaughlin character and, yes. his, and his introduction into the whole thing. That's right. So you had that. And so it was a bit of a mystery. Like, you know, mm. where was this leading to? And that's that very much takes over the second half of the, the series, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, I think with something this size, it's probably easy to go through and just talk about some of the highlights mm-hmm. um, of the series going through. The series opens up really strong and sort of signified what they were going to do with Agent Carter in the very, very first episode, Shadows. Um, there's a flashback to 1945 when, and it's um, Peggy Carter and the SSR raiding um, a Hydra base and finding the obelisk. Mm. And that kind of kicks off. And seeing the destructive power of the obelisk as yes. well. Because if anybody who held it would basically- Any non- Inhuman character, or, as, yeah, we, as long yeah. as you didn't, if, as long as you didn't have those particular genes in you, you basically just turned into ash. Yes, yeah, certain people. We don't know they're inhumans. Uh, we've been talking about the inhumans a lot on the show. Mm. Now we should uh, stress at this point that they're we're not going to purposely go out and spoil the series, no. but spoilers may come out. Yeah, there's going to be a few. Uh, like uh, those of you who have been paying sort of attention to this this show, will know that we've spoken about the. The Inhumans being mm. a major part, and it's impossible to talk about the second half of the series without talking about. Yeah, the Inhumans. well, they talked about it in the promos. They mentioned yeah. the Inhumans next so. week. The Inhumans. Yeah. <laughs> so those kind of things, but um, there, there were some interesting things. One of the big fallouts I found in terms of character development from the end of the previous season uh, was Fitzsimmons. Now, yes. Fitz and Simmons uh, were kind of slowly developing a, and it just made me think about the season finale. Um, the uh, Fitz and Simmons were developing a kind of romance. Like they were always kind of close. Mm. And, uh, well, they were actually inseparable. They were inseparable, and, but, but they never really yeah. had a romantic relationship out of that until uh, Grant Ward pushed them out of a plane in a, in a, in a box, basically, and uh, they kind of fess up some feelings for each other and uh, he gets brain damage because he saves her by giving mm. her the last of the oxygen basically and because of his brain damage he's not who he used to be he's not the sharpest attack although by the end of the series we'll come back to that as well by the end of the series he seems to be getting a lot more of his faculties back yes. so it's like he is he is getting better um uh, he's not quite as stuttery and and, and apologies while I blow my nose over here <laughs> okay. this is this weird strange Allergic reaction to something, in here, but um, but yeah, all the way through this first half of the series, he is not. You're right; he's not the the, the character he was. He's kind of he struggles to get words out. He struggles yeah. to to he he knows the concepts, like he knows what he's doing, but he struggles to kind of and what, relay and that. The fascinating thing they do in the first half of the series as well is he keeps talking to yes. her. 
and she's not there. But And we don't know that at first, but then by the end of the second episode or something like that, we start to realise that she's a figment of his imagination. Meanwhile, she's actually um, undercover in a Hydra yes. base, which is where they introduce... Uh, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. And Bobby. we have to say Bobby uh, Morse, Mockingbird, and Lance Hunter... Uh, who is uh, played by Nick Blood, and I can never remember. I always get the character names and the actor names because they both sound right. like character names. Um, they're sort of introduced around that time, and they're, and they're ex-lovers. They kind of have a Hawkeye uh, rela- yeah. uh, mockingbird and there was relationship. talk about a spin-off series with those two. And the reason they didn't do that was the reason that I'm glad they didn't do it because um, the producer looked at it and said, well, the show's actually picked up immensely since mm. those two joined and it's taken it off in a positive direction. Why would we there. ruin that? Yeah. You know, and, and, and I honestly can say right now, all the things we will say about the great developments of the season, the introduction of those two characters and people like Mac um, and all those sorts of characters really, really made this an amazing mm. season because they, one, they brought in a new dynamic, but two, a much, need, much needed humour. Because certainly uh, uh, Lance Hunter's character and the interplay with Bobby and and his basic little, his basic attitude to everyone else is an episode um, in the second half of the season I think where um, he's on the run with Coulson and there's um, drinking one and he's drinking in one episode and he he just sort of hands him a napkin with a signature on it and he goes so uh, you're going to offer me a permanent position at Shields and uh, that's my acceptance of the contract yeah. and there's another there's a there's a wonderful scene in the back half of the season when they're in a safe house together and they're just sitting down playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just one of the most wonderful scenes uh, with the two of them, you know, really pulling off this great escape with uh, with Fitz as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the three of them kind of on the run together is one of the most joyful sort of subplots of the second half of the yeah, season. Yeah, we'll talk about well. the second half more in a little bit, because the second half was, was wonderful. But my point is the introduction of those guys yeah. really, really changed the tone for the better and made it much lighter. We also had in that first episode of season two, we had the introduction of the Absorbing Man, who was yes. a remarkable piece of effects work. Oh, amazing, um, yeah. And we had the introduction of... Of of Xena uh, Warrior Princess. So, yes. Uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, uh, Lucy Lawless. Thank you. Lucy Lawless came in, and I was thinking, oh my God, are we going to introduce Lucy Lawless into this as a regular character? But no, alas, that didn't happen. No, but you but, had a lot of guest stars in this. You had uh, Jamie Alexander turning up as Sif. Yeah, that came in again. Um, yes. You had uh, Hayley Atwell, as we said in the first episode. Uh, you had Dum Dum Dugan, Neil yeah, McDonough. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, he was in the first episode, but he turns up later as well, doesn't he? Uh, um, I don't think. No, he I'm any- getting confused. He turns up in an Agent Carter he's an episode. Agent Carter, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's in the first episode as well. You had Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt is a semi-recurring character yeah. throughout this whole season as well. Um, and of course, in the uh, you have Kyle McLaughlin throughout this whole season. And in the second half of the season, you will get you also get a other recurring character who's familiar to sci-fi audiences, but we won't talk about him just yet. Right. Um, and I think we have mentioned him on previous shows, but he is definitely uh, a change of direction for the show as well. But you had all these great cameos, and of course, uh, I, can't, I think uh, Maria Hill turns up a couple of times, but she certainly turns mm. up in the back half of the season as things start getting tying in closer to. Um, can we talk about Kyle McLaughlin for a minute? Because yes, Kyle McLaughlin they introduce as uh, I think it's uh, it's not spoiling now because it happened early on. He's introduced basically. He's Sky's father, and yes, he is for comic book readers. He's Hyde uh, via chemical via chemicals. He he turns himself into basically a killing machine. Um, uh, it's an injection of various cocktails of drugs, and he is a psychopath, but. 
can I tell you, Kyle MacLachlan is having such a good time playing this <laughs> character. He's mesmerizing in this. And yeah. I, I just, I adored him, he, especially it, in the second half of the season. It's funny because in the first half, he just seems pure evil. Yeah, he's a more, more ha, ha. Yeah, and then like all of Hydra. I think you've made this joke before, David. Like the the Hydra have to be cat stroking villains. <laughs> it's like as soon as they're revealed to be Hydra, it's like, well, we will take them over and kill them all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's only they all develop German accents. Yeah, because you had you had Whitehall, who was the kind of pencil thing yeah, yeah. kind of, uh, and he was like original Hydra. He's been living, you know, for years because he's, he's he's basically ended up using these special people who we mm. later find out to be inhumans to prolong his life. Yeah. Um, so at, at start, it's kind of Kyle McLaughlin's character, um, who we should actually name, uh, is Calvin Zabo, right. um, uh, working uh, closely with uh, Whitehall. Mm. And there's an antagonistic relationship there. But he really, like, uh, Calvin just really wants to get his daughter back. Yeah, that's his main th- motivation. It's all about his daughter. And this, it's all about putting his family back together. That's his, his entire, and that is taken to quite literal lengths. Um, yes. As we find Put, out. Literally later. putting his family yeah, back we together. We find that literally in the second half of the season, which we'll talk about a little bit. We keep, we keep uh, alluding to that, but we'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> But and that's his big motivation, and we also get uh, Sky named as well. Yes, so he keeps calling her Daisy. Daisy. And for those who are um, uh, comic book readers, once again, which you mostly are because you're listening to this show, we find that out around episode ten. By about the way. episode ten, Daisy, working for Shield in the comic books, is Quake, uh, ah, which yes. is which is the, one of uh, Nick Fury's. Uh, Proteges. Yes. Um, and we find out a little bit more about that in the second half as well. And, so. and, and powers that certainly emerge in the yes. second half. Um, look, there are some great episodes in the first half of this, and, and I really do like, as I said, I really like the tone, and I really like, I like, I like the notion of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the run, mm. which they are in the first half. But uh, by the end of that first season, they sort of get to a point where they're um, chasing this obelisk and they get the they obelisk. find the they hidden find city. They find well. the hidden city. They lose a member of the team. We won't mm-hmm. say who. Um, and the obelisk awakens powers. And this this is where we get into spoiler territory. We also find out. We should say before we find out that the that only certain people can hold that obelisk without yes. hurting. One of those people is Sky. Is Sky. Another one is, of course, uh, the girl in the flower dress, Raina. Yeah, Raina, uh, yeah. who's played by Ruth. Nagar. Who is under the wing of Calvin. Yes. Yeah. And and she's sort of been sitting in the in the wings since the first season as well. Yeah. Uh, Always we, a fascinating character. Character. And we don't know much about her, but now we find out uh, that she's instrumental to to this part of the plot mm. and where she comes in into the second half of the season, very much so as well. And let's 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 put a cap on the first half of the season now by saying what happens in uh, the final episode so the, of that. The, the obelisk is is cracked open, basically. Uh, it's an episode called "What They Become." This is episode ten, and this was the final episode for two thousand and fourteen before we got Agent Carter. And as I once mis miscalled it, the Terragon Mist. <laughs> <laughs> the Terragon Mist. It's a little bit of uh, Basil and Terragon. Yeah, a bit of a bit of cook them up, and basically shake and bake. <laughs> Raina and Sky. Go Go through the change. Yes. Um, <laughs> we don't know what's actually happened except that Raina has developed spikes. Yes. And, that's, and we don't know what's happened to Sky at first. No, and that's and, and one of our members of uh, of our team basically dies in that because yeah. humans can't go through. They just turn the to, to stone right. and into dust. 
which brings us nicely. That, so that was the mid-season finale. finale. And that brings us nicely to the second half of the season. Our whole lives have been leading to this moment. We're dealing with forces we don't understand. You know what it's like to lose control. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns Tuesday, March 3rd at 9, 8 central on ABC. Uh, it, it, it's happened already, dude. And return it did. Oh, now, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a a, a shift so heavily uh, in, in a series since, I don't know, the second season of Sequest DSV. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not like they replaced the entire cast this year, which they kind of did. They, they brought in a whole lot of new people. But the second half of this is basically very early on establishing that um, Daisy or, or Sky, whatever you prefer to call her, um, has gotten powers, but she doesn't quite know what they are yet. She seems to have the. She seems and to her be body causing. Seems to be rejecting. Them rejecting as well. it, and and like she's she. Well, what's happening is she's she can cause things to shake, and the building keeps shaking. The plane keeps shaking around her, and she keeps trying to hold it back. But because she's internalizing it, she's actually shattering her internal uh, organs and, and and her bones. So she goes off to try and find out what's going on. Meanwhile, uh, Raina's character has got these spikes all over her now. And her being on the run leads to the introduction of a new character, a man who doesn't have a face from the nose up, um, but can teleport. Gordon. Gordon. Who can teleport very much like um, Nightcrawler. And it's very well done, too. It's incredibly. The Banff effects are just as good, if not better, than the ones from X-Men 2. Mm. And uh, this is, uh, and that sort of leads uh, ultimately uh, to them being taken uh, to a place where a whole bunch of these special people... Well, just prior to that, though, let's let's just backtrack that one step because the other thing that we're introducing during all of this time yes. is the fact that Bobby and Mac... Oh, of course, yeah. ...have a secret. Yes. And we're not quite sure what that secret is, but there's something that they seem to be undermining Phil Yeah, Paulson. so these two stories are running conc- concurrently. Mm. You've kind of got... Yeah, you've got this the <laughs> secret... Uh, that Bobby and Mac have got, as well as building towards what is ultimately the Inhumans. Absolutely. So, which makes the second half of this season freaking awesome. Because not only are we introducing Inhumans and what looks like Shang-Chi, basically, uh, which I don't think it was, but that's kind of the idea that they're going for, uh, which for those who don't know, it's where Iron Fist is trained and comes from. Um, but Not to be confused with Iron Chef. (laughs) Um, But we also introduce... Edward James Olmos yes. and his character because the secret that they're actually working towards is basically that there's more shield out there. He's got this this battle star and he's trying to find their way home. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's not, yeah. not far though. He's got a he's got an aircraft carrier. He's got an aircraft carrier and <laughs> I got a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Sailboat. Um no, he he yeah, it's basically uh they uh, in the remnants of the whole Hydra fallout last year. Um, this real shield got together and decided they didn't trust um, the rest of the people to get it together. They'd do it themselves. And also there was a growing mistrust of Phil Coulson who had come back from the dead 
and was seemingly infected by alien technology. And his obsession with the city and his obsession with the with the with the monolith, which and, is understandable because yeah. the first half of the season, Phil's writing squirrels on the wall, squirrels on the squirrels. wall. Squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> he's just drawing squirrels. Moose and squirrels. <laughs> he's, draw- he's drawing squirrels on the wall. He's gone nuts. <laughs> uh, so he's and, and you basically get the formation of this hidden city, which uh, which is where we find the obelisk and the. Which is an the- awesome shot. Oh, it's like. beautiful. Say, yeah. When he finally lays it out for them, and you see that three D model. Yeah, and, and, he looked, go- and he's looking down and goes, "Oh, I wasn't. That's what I was drawing." You know, yeah. and, and and it is wonderful, but you can understand why there was a, a, a component of Shield that thought, "Yeah, this guy's nuts. Yeah. He's throwing squirrels on the wall, and he was throwing alien blood into Sky to save her life." Yeah, and there's a lot of weirdness going on with Phil Coulson, and the the real Shield, led by J- Edward James, almost it's is structured more like the original Shield. It actually has a council, and it has yes. and it everything's has, done democratically. That's right. So and. They say they don't keep secrets, although they have something in the hold that is probably a secret. But yes. you know, and stuff like that. So whatever. But um, but yeah. So we've got that conflict because now we have these two shields, and it's like which one is the more righteous? And, which- and yeah, so you've got Fitz going on the run because he's got Fury Nick Fury's toolbox, which was which was left to uh, Coulson, which and that's got James all- almost wants. Wants, and that's got all the secrets that Nick Fury had yeah. in this little cube, uh, which only a handful of people can open. Um, so you've got that storyline going on. Well, that's delightful. Fits on that's the fabulous. Yeah. Um, and you've got and you've got basically you've got Coulson, um, uh, Fitz, and uh, uh, Lance um, on the run separately at first, and then together. Um, you got Bobby and Mac going back to the real Shield, who they were the ones they were spying. And you've for. got and you've got May uh, Melinda May joins the real Shield for a while because she doesn't like the fact that Coulson's been keeping secrets from but, her. But as she's well. been offered a position on the board, yes. basically, as one of the decision makers. And, so. and and a lot of the stuff, and, and and that ultimately comes down to the 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 pain that she's been holding on to, which is stuff that's been mentioned since the very first episode when she was called the Cavalry, and why she's called that, and the revelation of what. Massive what tragedy. Was, yeah. yeah, which we won't spoil for you, but it is a hell of a powerful Let's episode. Let's just say they managed to roll it all in on itself yeah. and, and it very conveniently and very convincingly make it all make sense. And it makes May one of the most fascinating characters. Yeah, which she's always team. been, kind of. But now we know why. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot more to her. They, they introduce also, her husband as well. Yeah, and who's a, great, well, who's a great character as yeah. well. We also have the inevitable tie-in with... Age of Ultron, yes. uh, which was very cleverly handled because we have one episode uh, where they finally track down all the stuff they're looking for regarding the, the, the metahumans and what have you. And we track it all down to the fact that it's Strucker, Baron von Strucker, and in his location. Yes. And I just love that last line of that episode where Phil just goes... Yeah, that'd be the Dirty Half Dozen, which came out late April, just yeah, before the movie was just released. Before the movie, and, you, and in Australia, we got the movie early, so we didn't have any lead up. No, to we, got, we actually got the movie a week before this episode aired in America. And yet at the end of this episode, he goes, we've got the location, we've got this, we've got that. Better call the Avengers, and it's which like leads straight into the opening, the of opening Agent, yeah. of Avengers: Age of Ultron, and then the next episode, they're referring to the attack of the the Metal Men and all this sort of stuff. And you think, ah, there's Ultron. They're and, talking and, about, and then you find out, you know, Fury's Secret, where the helicarrier was, and all that. Sort How of thing. they got a helicarrier you know. to show up all of a sudden, and you know, sit there and go. Yes, and this is what we were talking about on Geek actually last week where we said it's this amazing collection of film and television and what makes Marvel so intriguing at the moment is the fact that Marvel Studios is 
playing this long game where they're not saying this is a standalone, this is a standalone. They're saying this is one big long thing. Follow it and you'll be rewarded. Watch them individually. They're fun. But if you follow the whole thing, yeah. there's so much more well, to get. As as opposed to what DC doing, where we've we've just kind of guessed, we've 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 made up the fact we've said it's a, it's a fanon theory that, that they call it's fan canon. Yeah, um, is is that it's the multiverse? Yeah, because that works for us. We can we can reconcile all that in our heads. We don't have to do that with uh, Marvel because, as they always say, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all the so, same. And that world. includes the Netflix shows. Yes. So shows that are being put on different networks because they're all being made by Marvel Studios. They're all connected. I am waiting. I am waiting, and I will stand up. And I'll tell you right now, I will stand up in the cinema and applaud <laughs> in Civil War if the attorney representing them is Matt Murdock. Oh, it would be brilliant. That's all I need. I don't need him to be Daredevil. I just need him to be Matt or Murdock. Or even Foggy. I don't care. Or like Foggy, foggy, one yeah. of the two. I just <laughs> need, I need, or Karen Page to make a walkthrough. I just yeah. need one of them to be in the courtroom. Yeah. You know, and then you go, there's your tie-in. It's yep. done. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it'll be, I look, it'll be brilliant. And by that stage, they can. Yeah. Because they, by the time Civil War comes out, it looks like we'll have- well, Season two of Daredevil will be out. We'll probably then. be out and we'll also have- uh, uh, um, I think Jessica we'll have, Jones under our belt because that'll Jessica be out later Jones this year. Will be the end of this year, it's already in the Netflix like listings right. as coming soon. So it's going to be. It's definitely this year. We just don't know when. Yeah, and then and Dare- so I have to rearrange my schedule on the fly when that comes out. <laughs> and they have confirmed Daredevil season two for next year. So we're going to assume that's probably about the same time. So it's probably about the uh, what was it March March April. Um, yes. So we can assume that the second season of that's going to be about the same time, which is going to predate Civil War as well. So yeah. it's going to be firmly And it'll all drop at once. Yeah, so. and it's like, boom, it's done. You know, Look, this is an exciting, exciting experiment that Marvel is attempting. Yeah. At this stage, I don't even think it's an experiment. And this think, is the status quo. And I think the problem with the first season, and let's compare the two seasons, the problem with the first season was that it was it's very much a standalone thing and you didn't get a sense that it was connected to the Marvel Universe. Until the last six episodes. Until the last six episodes were all yeah. connected to Winter Soldier and then suddenly it became because a even huge the, part even of it. Because even the tie into Thor in the first season yes. was half-assed. Yeah. It was like, oh, they're just, in the, they're just doing cleanup. Yeah, and, and then Sif turned up and all that sort of yeah. stuff. The, the one thing I will say against this season, though, because it is, you know, 20 whatever it is episodes long, it's 22, 21 episodes long, there are bits and pieces kind of between you know sort of around March April this year and in, in, in the couple of weeks leading up to um, Age of Ultron it did feel like it was spinning its wheels a little bit saying well, we've got a couple of weeks to go before we can do the tie-in like every TV show like every long-form TV show though there's there's bottle shows where yeah. they're just these self-contained character pieces um, I think what was nice in that and you know I accept that with a, with a long form when you do a short form TV series like Peggy Carter there's no meat there's no fat on the bones it's all meat uh-huh. we, we should say at this point between the first half and the second half of the season Agent Carter eight episodes came out and in my mind, outside of Daredevil, uh, which is a different beast entirely, it is it is one of the best series, live action series that Marvel has done. Full stop. Because it, as you said, there was no fat in it. It it yeah. it, it stuck to the truth of the character. It felt cinematic, like because it was a period piece. Oh, it felt it, cinematic, it was beautiful. To look and at. so, really, in, in a lot of ways, you kind of have to watch. Agent Carter with Agents of Shield season two because they all kind of do form one continuous piece. Well, and it's piece. all interrelated. As yeah, well. and the thing is, once again, you 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 watch the first half. You watch the first twelve episodes of Agents of Shield, 
And then you take a break and you watch Agent Carter. I would like to see them integrated even more next year. Like, so get to the the end of the season, first half of season three, and they say, you know, and, and something turns up, and then we kind of get the background to that through mm. through Peggy and the SSR. My big dream, of course, which isn't going to happen, my big dream was that they move Peggy Carter to Netflix. But uh, oh, who knows? But it's it look, it's done so well on yeah. ABC. In fact, it 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 it. it it rated just as well as this, if not better, and um, it got a different audience in because mm. it's it is it was one of the few. It's, it's it is the only Marvel property at the moment until Jessica Jones comes out that has a female lead and no capes and no capes whatsoever. Which will be Jessica Jones will have some capes, but they they've already said that they're introducing her character as someone who's hung up her cape as they did in yeah. the book. And you might see a few of them going in and out. You've got Luke Cage in there as well. But because it's 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 ground level, um, Agent Carter, as we heard in the news, is moving to Los Angeles. I don't know if that'll change the t- the tone. We're also when we don't we haven't had a confirmation yet because there was a lot of talk about Agent Carter as being every season would be the next decade. Yes, um, because it's got to build up to Winter Soldier, where she was an old lady. And so, does that mean that the next one will be the sixties? Because the first one was the fifties. Or was the late forties? Oh, late forties, and we could go into the fifties now. So fifties in Hollywood makes so much sense. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. We have backdrops of like the Pantages Theater oh. and stuff like that. Ah, oh, come on, this would be good. Come on, bring Do on two thousand sixteen. <laughs> I want to watch it now. <laughs> Do this. Can we also talk about the second half of uh, Agents of Shield, which is what we're really supposed to be talking yes. about? Um, oh yeah, that's right. Carl <laughs> uh, 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 McLaughlin at this point is yeah. is just batshit insane and he is so good uh, I was there's that wonderful scene where he's like got Daisy and his his well, oh we should have, we should talk about the, the mother mother really yeah oh, so we, we keep we, we alluded to it before I was going to say in Nandaparbat which is not yeah. what it's called that's in the other we show we alluded to it before <laughs> he was literally trying to put his family back together yes. because throughout the first half of the season we do talk about her uh, Sky's mother mm. we talk about the fact that Whitehall dissected her yes. basically because uh of of one of her gifts and uh and wanted uh he was dissecting basically people with powers to try and extend his life when we finally meet the head of the inhumans uh it turns out that it is sky's mother yes and she has scars all over her face because and this is where i i went wow i applaud you because her ability is she lives forever basically. And what uh, Kyle McLaughlin, who was a doctor, had to do was quite literally stitch her back together, piece by piece by piece. And he did. He reformed her back together. So he literally put his family together. So they're, they're, that's uh, played by, it's Jai Ying is the name of the character. Ying, yes. And it's Ditchin, uh, Ditchin Lachman. Uh, uh, Australian actress. Yeah. Uh, she uh, was from Neighbours. Yeah. Uh, Nep- Nepalese heritage, which mm. is German-Australian. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, and that, that, that is, yeah, it, it, it is a really different dynamic because for Sky, that's what she's been searching for her parents and to find out her parents are effectively this immortal, um, uh, inhuman character and a psychopath and, a psychopath, <laughs> and there's that amazing scene where the he, dinner party, the dinner party, which is one of the most uncomfortable things. It's kind of like a PG version of, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. you know, it's kind of like he, uh, uh, um, Calvin desperately wants it to be this happy family thing. Whereas as we find out about Jai Ying, she's, she's, um, uh, 
a bit of a psychopath herself. Yeah, um, and, that, and that becomes more and more evident as the as the series rolls to its conclusion. And I'm not going to spoil why that happens. No, but, no, but she's, but uh, she's, she's a piece of work. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. There. And uh, so, look, it, it, it is a fascinating story. And I think it all, despite the fact it's got these two very different tones, and this will be an interesting comparison to make next week when we talk about um, Arrow, despite the fact that it's got two very different tones – uh, to both halves of the season, it, it it falls together quite cohesively. It does. It's actually you know? a season. It's a much more uh, Agents of Shield is a much more satisfying second season than it was a first season. Yes, because we sat through, and I, and I use that terminology quite pointedly. We sat through Agents of Shield. <laughs> we did until. Winter Soldier came out, and then suddenly we all showed up and went, "Hey, this is a better show." And all I should, of a sudden, I should say, when I talk about, it, there's a couple of episodes in here that were spinning its wheels. We're only talking about two or three episodes yeah. that did that. The first season was like 15 episodes of wheel spinning, and then six episodes, of and then it just took off. Yeah, we were basically one- waiting the whole first season. We were waiting to find out how did Phil come back. Yeah, what's Project Tahiti? And, you know, when's it going to tie and into the Marvel Universe? And when it finally Universe? got announced, we weren't that impressed. We no. kind of went, really? That's all it is? Because it really, all that was doing was planting the seeds for this season. Yes. Which, if this had been the first season of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we would have gone, well, that's... And once again, God. we we proved the, the point that almost every season, every television series that Joss Whedon has produced... Takes a year to get going. It's the second season. Yeah. It takes off. In. The first season is all this setup, and it kind of meanders along. We set up all the characters, but then the second season is where it explodes. Buffy did the same thing. Because Angel it subverted a lot of those characters as well. Yeah. When you think about Buffy... Um, how the character of Angel got subverted. Yeah. And it's almost the same thing. It's kind of like Angel was a, a reasonably boring character in the first season of Then you made him a Buffy. bad guy. Then you made him a Same as they did with Grant, Grant Ward. Ward. Grant Ward was boring as crap in the first mm. season. Didn't care about him. Nondescript pretty boy. Yeah. Turn him evil, he's become compelling. And in know? real life, Adam Baldwin's become a bad guy. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, in, in this, Sky was... So white bread boring oh. in the first season, it was irritating. She's kind. Of, she was. She was meant to be the hacker alternative girl, but she was just really had nothing to do. And yet, she has become so compelling. She's a. Pro, she's an agent now, which she, which actually, actually that's the biggest change. They actually made her a proper she's agent. A full of agent. She now has superpowers, mm. and she's actually become a better actress. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't I know. think. I think it's actually the material that they're yeah, given that her. sequence where yeah. she gets to cut loose. Not using her power. She uses her powers once and then she just pulls out guns. And we have almost a Matrix style yeah. one shot, her diving over tables, rolling under tables, but shooting people. She has off. the biggest emotional roller coaster of she any does. of the characters in this season because she's got to, not only does she have to deal with these, becoming an agent to start with, then deal with getting these, sorry, finding out that her dad's a psycho, getting powers. Meeting her mother and then finding out her mother's not all there either, and then finding out that everybody reviles her because she's got powers. Yeah, you know, it's so like it's, you then go, yeah, she's got she's got some issues yeah. to deal with. So season three will be really interesting for her character yeah. as well. Season season three is going to be amazing on a bunch of levels. Uh, another cameo we didn't mention is because he comes back is um, Jay August Richards. Once again, and Deathlock was a stupid character in the first season Yep, that was just kind of go, what the hell? Why do we need this? Because they kind of made him sort of not quite. No, but when he turns up in this, he's badass. Yeah, and he's, he, he is, <laughs> they do the full Deathlock. Yeah. It's, it's a full-on character. I think that's the big difference. They realised, and this is partly, I think, due to successes that the they've Flash. had. The Flash, really. Mm. Other TV shows have realised, and this is what gives me hope for Supergirl, other TV shows have realised, oh, we can go full comic book. 
Which is what's happened with Arrow. Yeah. Because Arrow was afraid. Arrow might have gone to comic book. Maybe. Arrow was afraid to go to comic book. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the late last season of Arrow, we've got the Adam, we've got the Lazarus Pit, we've got all, oh. we've got stuff happening now. Like you know, they, they brought about five. They, they had. We'll talk about this next week, yeah. but they brought in um, uh, Danny Brickwell as well. They brought in that whole thing from the Judd Winnick era and all that sort of stuff. There's so much going on in season three of Arrow. It's mm. kind of like um, I appreciate all the comic bookery, but. You know, maybe turn it back, but this I think which is which is that concern I had with the Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, I I think that yeah. you could be right, but I think Agents of Shield season two, with all the concerns I had for season one, gets the balance right. Absolutely, this is highly recommended television, yeah. and this uh, is TV one hundred and one. <laughs> this is this is a television show that everybody at work who all just wrote off season yeah. one are all actually starting to talk about. Mm. This is about three. Because I know you you were way behind with season two because you thought, uh. Yeah. You know, uh, and but then, then just caught up. you caught up, and it's like, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what I should be watching. This is, and it all it's, it's actually funny. It almost became the first show I watched every week. For me, the what it became was the Flash yes. was the first show, then Agents of Shield, then Arrow. Right. Whereas Arrow the year before, the- Arrow was first. You know? Well, you know what happened for me? Like I, I watch Gotham just cause, at first because it comes out first in the week. But I tend to prioritize around the middle of the week when they're all starting to come out. It tends to be, for me, almost exactly the same. Um, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, sorry, sorry, Flash, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., iZombie became a big one right. for me because I love that I'm show. I'm actually behind on iZombie. I um, love what I saw of it. Though, yeah, so. I, I've, I've binged that last now week. Now that these are all up, finishing, I have you know. time to catch up on Right. It. Yeah. And then, yeah, Arrow became... Further down the list, which is really for me, I know, is is a massive thing. But we're going to talk about that more next week. So that was kind of our potted overview of Agents of Shield, which uh, we probably did spend still spend about forty minutes on, despite mm. the fact that uh, uh, we kind of rushed through a bit of it. But um, it's a whole season. We can't do episode by episode no. breakdowns. But hopefully, that gives you an idea that if you have, been but we whole- have been talking about it week by week throughout the sh- season. And if you have been at all sitting there skeptical of it and thinking, oh, maybe I don't want to watch it, or I watched some of season one and didn't like it, go back and have a look at season yeah. two. I, and I will stay. I'll stand by what I said originally, which is if you really want the full experience, you kind of get through the first half of season one. And the last thing I'm going to say on this is Channel 7 in Australia, pull your finger out. Oh, you suck, Channel 7. You suck. You have treated this show abysmally. You started off fast-tracking it and then fell behind and caught up. They actually started releasing them on iTunes in Australia um, as soon as the episode aired, which is great. And up until about the midway point, Mm. they were on target – I don't think, and then they're slowly get, uh, bringing them on now, but they won't show them until after Channel 7 has showed them or was given permission and to Channel show them. Channel 7 isn't showing them. And so we're still several weeks behind with that. I have actually gone and gotten US iTunes cards just so I can buy them um, from the US yeah. iTunes store. And they wonder why people are torrenting this The thing stuff. is, I'm still paying for the show. I'm actually, I the first season, I was watching it week to week on Channel 7. I am now paying for week-to-week television. And Channel 7 is losing your money because mm. you're paying it directly back to to, to ABC in the US. Yeah. yeah. And uh, via Apple. So I'm I'm still paying for my television. Um, in fact, I'm paying for all my television because I'm getting uh, the Flash on... on Foxtel. Between Foxtel, Foxtel, Netflix, American iTunes, you can yeah. get just about all of it. It's just, it's just a slog. You shouldn't have to work that hard. I shouldn't have to work that hard for TV, but... We do because we love it. Yeah. And uh, we'll be talking about two of those. So I, I, I couldn't 
waste the opportunity to say, we love this season. It was awesome. It tied into a major movie franchise, Channel 7. You dropped the ball. Yeah, and when it comes out on Blu-ray in Australia, God knows when because i got to finish it Probably first. November or something. Um, I will buy it. I bought season one. It's yep. sitting up on the shelf. I will definitely buy it on and season I will, I will, And effectively, I'll be paying for it again. Yeah, absolutely. But but this is one, once I've got it on Blu-ray, I'm going back and re-watching this season. Damn straight. Because like, I want to see it in really high def too because it was a re- some of the effects work in this that season. Was the be- that was the iTunes US high, high def. I mean, they're one and a half gigabyte files. Files, but yeah. what the hell? What you know? the hell? You know, so it's one. I, I upped my um, my data allowance because of Netflix. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so that's it for this week. Next week's uh, episode, which will be episode one hundred and forty three, we will Ooh. be doing a Arrow season three slash the Flash season one crossover. At this stage in time, we will be joined by our very good friend John D. Hopefully, who has turned up um, several times on the show, but this will be the first time he's actually guested for a full episode. Mm-hmm. So that is the plan at the moment. Moment. John, I will be in contact with you this week. Um, you might, I might be in contact with you. And before on you that note, we should also mention that John D and John Hammond are the hosts of a show called Nerd Corner. Mm. Nerd Corner will be debuting on the Geek Actually Network yes. um, this week. Uh, we actually have the first episode in the camera because Geek Actually was a bit late. We've just kind of pushed it back mm. a couple of days so they don't all sit on top of each other. Um, but yeah, Nerd Corner is not produced by us, but it's their show. But They've joined, we they're it. joining our family to be we're, the we're, we're the fox to their Lucasfilm. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm really looking forward to that. So do, if you see that on the super feed and then eventually on their own feed once that's opened up, uh, do download that and have a listen to it because they are charming guys and they're very funny. And I have uh, to give one more massive shout out to our good friend Alessio, mm. uh, who has been a big listener, who welcomed a new addition to his family this week. He had a baby boy. So congratulations, congratulations. to you and your missus, Alessio. Couldn't be happier for you. A new nerd in the world. And yeah, he's excellent. already said when he when he's old enough, he'll start. He'll start. I said it's never too early to start letting them listen to a bit of geek actually network. Just mm. just have the playing. And on. Their, their their onesies should be superhero related. Yeah, and, you know. <laughs> maybe we should we should put up on the store uh, behind the panels onesies. Yeah, I think we should. Actually, I think I can. I think I think Cafe yes. has got them. <laughs> there you go. And I'm pretty sure Alicia would be the first person to buy. It. So congratulations, dude. Yeah, you've always been a big supporter of ours. So uh, well well done to you both. Congratulations. Um, so if you. Any of you have got anything to say, we want to hear from you. So send some email to feedback at behindthepanels.net or drop us a voicemail on Sydney number 02801114167 or the Skype ID Geek Actually. And we'll play the audio clips on the show if you do it that way. Um, you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just look for Behind the Panels on both of those. Twitter is just at Behind the Panels or you can find the network um, at Geek Actually. Uh, you can find me on Twitter most of the time at DVD Bits. Um, and you can also find me at behindthepanels.net and therealbits.com. That's the R E L bits.com. There's a site that still exists. That I actually that. put up two reviews this week. I put up a review for Mad Max and uh, when Marnie was there. We didn't mention in the what we've been reading section. This is something else for you guys oh, to yes. have a look for. Um, they released a, for lack of a better word, a comic um, this week, which was Mad Max Fury Road related. Now, the reason why I say, for lack of a better word, because it's actually not a story. It's just a collection of artists who were invited to come and interpret a scene from Mad Max or a feeling from Mad Max Fury Road. Um, And it's just a collection of those. It is actually... Uh, something along the lines of 50 pages or 40 pages long. And the artists involved are people like uh, Nicholas Scott, Lee Bahamo, um, 
uh, who else we got in here? We've got uh, Michael Allred, uh, Francesco Francavilla. Um, uh, we've got, uh, good Lord, George Pratt. We've got, I mean, there's so many. Just yeah, Dave every, McCain, Cliff McCain, Chang. Every page is a different artist. And that's called Mad Max Fury Road Inspired Artists. Yes. But there's also going to be, and that's from Vertigo, and there's also going to be a second one of comics. which There's I'm, a page of it for you. Richard. Oh, wow, so, man. So, so each page is like this, where it's just a two-page spread, which is just an inspiration from the film. Well, the other thing that they're going to be doing, which I'm even more interested in, are the um, four prelude stories that are coming out called uh, for Max Fury Road, and they're going to be co-written by George Miller, Nico Lathurius, and Mark Sexton. Hey, um, and uh, you're going to get some. Um, you're going to get some. You know, it'll be following the characters uh, Nux, Morton Joe, and Furiosa, as well as a two-part prelude story by uh, featuring Mad Max himself, which might be the visions of the girl that he's haunted by. Um, at the start of it. Yeah, I was, trying but, to, I was trying to figure that out because it wasn't his child. No. Because his child was a boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, that's Nicholas Scott. By the way. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. So there you go. Actually, the, 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 the reason I want to check out those is that our other good friend, Tristan Jones, T-Rex Jones, is doing uh, some of the art for one of those prequels. Excellent. So definitely keeping an eye out for that as well. So... It's a great time to be a Mad Max fan as well. Mm. So, which is probably one of the best uh, to me, and we'll talk about this on Geek actually next week. Is to me, it's one of the better superhero movies this year. You so, could think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've seen I've seen Mad Max as well. We will talk about it on Geek actually. Uh, there's no Geek actually this week, as we said last week on the show mm. because of of scheduling things. But next week on Geek actually, the featured film review will be Mad Max Fury Road. So oh, tune yeah. in for that. And we'll have so a, I we'll might have actually talk. turn up for that one and actually be on a Geek actually episode where I've seen the film. Well, Mark. <laughs> Mario Top did actually write some feedback saying that you needed to see more movies. <laughs> it was all of life's questions are answered <laughs> in the, the movies. movies. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, we'll see you guys next week. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. And this has been Behind the Panels. Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com. 